All right, should we kick into our um, our segments, as it were? Yeah, let's do our segments. But first, we we need a call here. We lost some questions, so please leave us your questions here. We're here to just kind of nerd out on. Oh, I might still things, have those. No, they're gone. All things jazz piano. Yeah. Uh, someone already says, "Can you teach us shoegaze piano?" You know yes. I can, Austin. Yeah. You know I can. Triads. Uh, and so we'll yeah, talk about that though. Leave your nerdy questions here, and we will uh, we'll do our best to That's answer right. as many as we can. That's right. Um. So, uh, practice check in. How was your practice week? How was your practice weekend, big guy? Practice weekend was really good. Thank you. Uh, we're working on a new tune on the on the Monday transcribing club. Uh, Sonny Clark's uh, version of Blue Minor Ooh. from his uh, Cool Strutton album. I love that record. I'm gonna, yeah, go really beautiful. such a great tune yep so uh i worked on that i worked on on being able to you know i did i did the old school transcription of it where i i sung it all first like i learned the melody by singing Mm. it i didn't even know what key it was in it was just me in a room with a stereo just singing to it and then i took it to the piano it felt really good actually it's a really deep way to learn the melody so that's like if you don't do that if you don't if you're not learning your tunes by just getting to the recording yeah and being able to sing it and really take your time. Like I was using AnyTune, which is a former sponsor of this podcast. That's right. Way. And I was slowing it down and really trying to get like, because, you know, this, this, it's pretty fast. So easy to do on the piano, but when you're just singing it, you really have to, you really have to hear it, right? Because, or else you're just like, you know what I mean? So you really have to. Slow it down. Make sure to get each note. Yeah. It's really fun. We should talk about sometime. Man, we could do a whole course on this or a whole tutorial on like how do you like once you know where you're starting something. Like how do you get those details in here beyond the inner intervals beyond. Well, actually combining all those different elements, the intervals, the minor, like like what, what are the clues that you put together? Because I always think it's. In interest, it's not just about. I think when you start out, it's note by note. You know, mm-hmm. you're going one note at a time mm-hmm. for a line. But then you start to like, maybe you can tell it's from, like from here to here. Yeah, exactly. And then you're connecting the dots. Exactly. And you're doing a little bit of educated guessing and trying to get your odds up, but using your ear to kind of discern and make a few mistakes and then fix them. That's exactly what happened. So you know, I was able to hear it start here, and then the the first part of the melody. Like I could hear that, so I knew I had this in between, and I knew it was in my, it was a minor key, right? So that was my first inclination. That was right. Now the second phrase, though, is this. So the first thing I did when I, the first way I heard it was this, especially when you're singing it, right? Yeah. It just seemed to make sense. Yeah. I'm just filling in the dots. I'm connecting the dots. And then I had to listen back and listen more carefully, and I could hear it was a repeated note. So that's exactly to your point of... And and I think, again, if you can do this outside the piano where you have these buttons that sort of give you some some visual and and uh, pitch information, try to do it with your voice, even especially if you're not a good singer, actually, because it, it really forces you to hone in on the pitches. Um, but again, if you know your target, where you're, if you know your starting point and where you and where your target is, yeah, then you can make a pretty good guess, and you mm. can start hearing little uh, melodic cadences like this. Right, that's easy to hear. That's way different than, right? You know, 
Yeah, we should do, um, you know, there's things you can do, especially if you have somebody and you can do this remotely or if you're in the same room, like like the parts that go together to put together a melody, the little motifs, the little riffs. There's actually a limited number of them that cover. I mean, there's an infinite number. That's the hard part if you look at it. But if you can learn key ones, there's a very finite number that probably covers 80 to 90% of all melodic phrases. So for instance, you played that, yep. and then you did, and then there's, and then there's. There's only so many options. Yeah. yeah. And if you can learn those, it's it be, that that's the beginning of taking you beyond note by note. That's right. And learning the arpeggios and and all the different ways that you can get from those key notes as you're moving melodically, understanding that kind of underlying harmony, maybe. Yeah, totally, totally. And then, and then, yeah, exactly right. You can hear it as more than just note by note, but you hear it as more of a whole. Yep. Yeah. Because really, I was thinking, you know, advanced ear training or just, you know, getting your ears to an advanced level is it's as much about being able to quickly tell not just what's being played the exact notes like you hear it like kind of a savant being able to spit it back. But when you try something, being able to quickly identify exactly which parts didn't match, like that comparison kind of ear training, hmm. I think is such an important part to, to developing. Agree. Well, everybody uh, out there who is uh, in our Monday Transcribing Club on the Daily Guided Practice Session, do your homework this week. Uh, learn that melody. He's getting a little nasty. He's to, a nasty teacher. Do your homework. Minor, but no, I'm just more suggesting for all of our listeners and watchers out there, uh, go listen to this Sonny Clark album, Cool Strutton, and that Blue Minor. It's such a good record, man. Great cover. Yeah. Great cover, too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, we already have some questions here. Should we jump right in? Should we skip over all our other crap? I want to start with Austin's question down here. Did you guys catch that new Adam Neely video about Monk's 25 tips for musicians? No. You know, Austin, uh, the better question is, did Adam Neely catch our video about it two years ago? He's exactly. a little late to the game. Exactly. You know what? We might have a lawsuit on our hands. No, that's definitely no, he's not. not. <laughs> well, I got, I got one for you. Did Adam Neely catch our original live stream today before we switched over to the current stream? Doubtful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so this is Monk's famous. Remember the, the yeah. sheet? I, who was it that did it? It was someone else. Steve, Steve Lacey. Steve Lacey, Steve Lacey, right? That's right. I believe uh, the one that always stands out. There's two that stand out for me from that sheet. And, two out of twenty-five. That's it. Well, that are really, I think, <laughs> that really grab me. The first one is make the drummer sound good. That is, I think, the most useful advice for any non-drummer and even actually drummer. Yeah, <laughs> make yourself sound good. Yeah, no, but. Whenever I apply that thought, like if I'm ever feeling a little stuck or I'm not, I'm needing some inspiration, comping or playing a melody or soloing, whatever it is, and I just think, all right, I'm going to make the drummer sound good now. I'm right. really going to make them sound great. Always works. Always sounds great. It's such great advice. You can hear it in Monk's own playing. And the other one for me that sticks out, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Pete, is uh, the genius is the one that sounds most like himself. Ooh. I think that's a great quote. Yeah, that no, that's... that's uh extraordinary extraordinary as we would say uh but no i'm looking forward to seeing that I, I love it when adam neely i love his stuff but i love it when he digs into um you know i think he sees whenever i see him doing kind of more jazz oriented things like this he really takes on like a precision and seriousness mm. and not that his other stuff doesn't have it but like a real reverence for uh you know how he's putting the information out which is fun uh what else we got 
Uh, let's go above. We'll start kind of, we'll work our way up here. Okay. Uh, Hank says, Lydian dominant chord movement. Shapes to play with on Lydian dominant chords, like two, seven. So, man, there's one, Hank, that I can recommend. Um, that and kind of sound? So if it's a C7, check this out. This shape here is what we call around here the Rob Block arpeggio. We should do a little ear training test sometime, a little mono e mono. Oh, that'd be fun. You'll kick my ass on it. So, so the Lydian dominant here, right? The C7, this is based off a of G melodic minor. Yeah. Right? So, this is a little G melodic minor arpeggio where you surround the G with an enclosure A, F sharp, G, B flat, D, and then just go up a G minor 9, G minor major 7, 9. And then you do it all over again. That's a great shape to get you started on linear dominant. Cordy's got you good, I think. There, right? Is that it? I think so. That's it. Yeah. 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 What do you got on the uh, Lydian dominant? Um, I think that's great. I think you know when you uh, when we think of it as you know based off of that other you know G minor major seventh in this case, I think that that opens up a different way of thinking about melodic lines and also kind of arpeggiation and patterns that would develop yeah exactly and, and that's all the same stuff diatonically as yeah broken seventh chords broken triads for sure and then also i like to think about or kind of hear like b flat major seven sharp five mm. because sometimes this can become a thing of this is going big guy you know it's just different ways of thinking about the same notes like how can you like what do you find and by find i don't necessarily mean just looking at the keyboard although you certainly can do that but like oh where are we at so if we go d you know c triad d triad should i chordy it up yeah c triad d triad what is that diminished right that's b flat e g yeah yeah no e yeah e g b flat exactly so so you could even think about it now it's you're hearing it like right <laughs> but you don't like that all that great stuff so that can open up the same way the the, the raw block G minor nine sharp seven does. Ah, so good. Yep. Uh, Bruce says I'm working on taking simple Christmas songs, building out arrangements. Can you talk about adding jazz stuff <laughs> to a basic arrangement of a holiday tune? So you know, a lot of holiday tunes come straight in the Great American Songbook tradition. Yeah. You know. And even that one has a very like jazz standard tradition vibe exactly. to it, you know, the great Vince it's a Geraldi. Jazz tune, I think. As far as adding jazz stuff, Bruce, I mean the first thing you might go to is just some more extensions on your chord than you might yeah. typically do. I mean there again though, these are like you know, this song was written by Mel Torme. Yeah. Well that's 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 a straight up it's a, greatest, yeah, great, it's American, a great song. American songbook standard. So but things like um 
like well, Peter's got you covered no, you here. Got, got it, yeah. So that's like exactly that's exactly what I was gonna say. Yep. Adding some chromaticism, right? So so anticipating a chord. Uh, from a half step above Bruce is like the first go-to of like jazzifying. I mean, I hate that term. That's silly. But of making this is it, your life. You're doing a jazz podcast oh called You'll God. Hear It Using the Word Jazzify. Jazzercise. Yeah. 21-year-old me just barfed a little bit. But no, Bruce, uh, adding these little like, we'll call them slick things, right? Just like these little <laughs> slick things. And the level of slickness can, I mean, you could really, you know, you can go. Wait, look, I'm... We're about to shoegaze this mug. <laughs> uh, you can get super, super slick, but adding these just little chromatic things from above can help. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those ones. I mean, I don't know. All the, the Christmas stuff is somewhat jazzy. Not all of it. What's the other stuff we play? Well, I mean, it is all somewhat jazzy. It's all from that era. like, uh, And some of it is like, you know, Bing, uh, like Irving Berlin. And like yeah. it's like great like people who wrote yeah. great American songbook stuff. That's a hard one. I struggle with that. Well, yeah, actually, those are tough, man. Oh, the worst sound. is like. Wait, what? How is? Oh, oh come all ye faithful. Well, I struggle with just playing the melody correctly. Just, just jazzify it, bro. I w- okay, so no, check it out. This is what I would do on that. Oh, first of all, let's... that's it. Oh, yeah. Should we chordify it? Do it, do it, do it. Come on. Ugh. See, he's coming in, Bruce. He's coming in from a half step below on some of these, too. Look at that. And then a lot of these tunes have this like like where it'll go to the five becomes the tonic from it. So you can play with that. Ooh, do that again. Do that again. What was that? I don't know. I went up to so I'm I'm really thinking about that D. You're going to D momentarily, right? Which so, is the five chord. The five. So then I'm like G uh I'm 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 telling my bedtime storying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Credit goes where credit's due. Yeah, what yeah, up, yeah, Herbie? Yeah. Don't sue me. Um, so yeah, but you can go there. And Man, that's still, great stuff. Look, what's, what's wrong with a little, a little Bruce Hornsby? Nothing's wrong with a little Bruce Hornsby at all. Bruce Hornsby is not little, by the way. I've done a gig with him. He's he's about six foot five. He's a tall gentleman. Fun, fun fact. Tall gentleman. Yeah, but you can you know gospel it do you, up. Do just do a whole just do a just do a little chorus of that. Well, it's not even Christmas yet. Okay, fine. I mean, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. You're the cat, man. This is why you're the cat right here. I think 
I'm playing a different tune now. Yeah, you switch tunes in the middle. That's all right. What is this? No one minds. <laughs> it's, it's a medley. We call that a medley. All right, okay. let's move on. Let's move on. Even though we're not out in public and we're not being forced with Christmas music, all musicians are a little sensitive to it. <laughs> Mark... But Bruce, hope you, hopefully that answers somewhat, uh, and I would encourage you because we have our Cordy app here. That was a terrible ending on my part. I would encourage you to to pause the uh, to pause the video at certain points and see these voicings that Peter's playing. Mark says, "Question: Do you have any tips for breathing while playing? I feel like I sometimes hold my breath or breathe very shallow while I'm playing, and especially soloing. So, is that yeah. creepy? Yeah, it really is. It's really <laughs> creepy. Yeah, Mark the." Um, the uh, solution there is to is to don't forget to breathe. In the words of Ruben Rogers, breathe, baby. Breathe, baby. <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> I don't know if you put the baby on. Just breathe, baby. Between that and <gasps> we, we're, we're going to get a bad rating on our I video know, here. I know. Um, so, okay, tips on. I'm sorry. Can we focus a little bit here? I'm. I lost it there. Do you have what any tips for breathing while playing? So, yeah. like anything, Mark, if you're having a problem with it, especially when you're performing, yeah, practice breathing. Um, yeah. And really, I think what this comes down to is you are getting caught up in your head while you're playing and you are not connected to the moment, right? Yeah. And actually, you can make a bit of a meditation practice out of practicing if you focus on your breath as part of your playing. So one thing you can do as a pianist, if you're obviously you're not a horn player or a singer because you have to breathe while you do both of those things. But one of the things I like to work on, <laughs> <I> like <that. laughs> and I've heard you talk about this too, yeah. Peter, is breathe into your phrases, right? Yeah. So take a breath as you're, as you're phrasing. And blow it out as you play, as if you were playing an iwi or something or a yeah. horn. Like, imagine that's what you're doing. The other thing you can do, Mark, is sing what you play. Because you can't. You can't not breathe and sing. So, again, if you're if you're playing... Like, I'm going to try to... I'll try to not breathe. And I'm gonna die. Adam's dead. Yeah. So you have to take breaths and phrase. It's gonna help your phrasing too, by the way. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. So I would say if you were to do that, what Adam's talking about in terms of you know singing, um, leaning into breathing as you're phrasing, that's one part of it. And then another part is, you know, think about it like. You know when you get the hiccups and you can't stop thinking about it and then you're like, if I just stop thinking about it, they'll go away, yeah. you know? <laughs> so the breathing that you get into some problems when you're playing, it can really get into your head. It's the physical manifestation is labor breathing or, you know, feeling like something's funny. But sometimes it's just your awareness of that. So like we have to kind of train ourselves to be able to work through and play and to concentrate on the musical side of it while we let our breathing be a little bit um, automatic, right? Mm. With faith that we're not going to like stop breathing, right? So I think you can practice this during the times when we talk about practicing performing, you know, where you say you're going to not think at all about your breathing. You're just going to let yourself breathe yeah. and you're going to let your instincts go. Now, what happens when you say, don't think about it? You know, don't think about the red folder. Don't think about that. There's a red folder. Yeah, of course, know? of course. So that's okay. Take a breath. Don't think about the breathing, but take a breath <laughs> and then um, move forward. So that's kind of just an awareness thing. And then you can start to just get in, you know, know that it's there and that it's not going to freak you out. But you don't want to wait until you're in the heat of the moment because then 
it becomes a distraction if nothing else. Yeah. And an outsized one probably. Ian Marling, what's up, Ian? I owe you an email, Ian, buddy. Ian knows some things about... Um, breathing. Breathing. Yeah, what is the last album yeah. you really geeked out with? Well, there's a few for me. Um, I mean, we geeked out on Kind of Blue, KOB, <laughs> a couple weeks ago. Wow, we're so adventurous. I know. <laughs> hey, want to come over and geek out on Kind of Blue? I've been geeking out on the Sonny Clark album this week. Also, uh, just on the pop side of things, the uh, that latest Phoebe Bridgers record is just beautiful. Yeah. Um. I guess, yeah, whenever I think about geeking out, it's almost like, you know, getting into the kind of nitty gritty details, taking it beyond just, um, you know, enjoying it. You can enjoy it as well. To me, geeking out means like you start listening to a whole nother level. Mm. You know, it's kind of like there's certain movies that I watch. It's like a movie that you'd want to watch again and you're looking at something differently, you know. And I saw an interview with Robert De Niro the other day and I was... I'm always so amazed, like, for him being one of my favorite actors and one of the greatest actors of our time, obviously. Yep. Um, he's, like, one of the most boring interviews <laughs> for some reason. Like, I mean, he says, like, super insightful stuff, but he's not acting. He's just being himself. And yeah. he's, he's an interesting person, but he's not, like, in Goodfellas about to bash you over the head and kill you or anything like that. It's not that. like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey just entered the studio. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I hear exactly. You. And so, and plus, he's, like, a, sh- a shy, introverted guy. At least he seems like that way. I haven't worked with him i've worked with other movie stars but not he's on the he's on the list that i haven't worked with wow i'm saying i haven't worked with robert let me be clear about that (laughs) i I have met him though i have met him fun fact oh yeah that's why i thought because when i met him he was uh super like shy and and like just you could tell he was like oh hold on buddy you dropped the name down there oh you dropped that name (laughs) sorry right down there yeah yeah yep sorry well bob I, I do call him Bob. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, how did I get on this? I don't know. Anyway, it's like movies, like where you want to. So I think with a record, you know, anything. And yeah, so we did geek out on kind of blue recently because we went so deep on that, like listening to every little detail, like talking about the sound and like the, the research, how much the musicians got paid for. Their, I mean, it doesn't get any geekier than that, you know. I mean, and there's been two books written about that record on top of that. So there you go. Uh, Steven says, hi, guys. Could you talk about how beginners can work, work on keeping their left hand rhythm steady while improving? Thanks. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, you know what you could do, Steven? What I always recommend? We're going to call it around here the Red Garland. So, let's see. Red it up. What? Yeah. If you take like a C blues and you could literally do the most basic voicings ever. You could literally just do shell third and sevenths, right? And a two and a four where you anticipate. Can you give me a bass line, Peter, so yeah. you can hear it in context? One, two, three, and. So I'm, I'm anticipating the chord change. I'm on the end of four and the end of two. And just start with your left hand. Whatever voicings you know, you don't have to get complicated with it. You can do it short. You can start mixing in long. But just the short one. And then start playing with your right hand, but play to your left hand.
So just that, just getting this going and automatic. One, two, three, four. I'll suss it up, suss it up, baby. It's sussy with me. And starting to fill in the blanks. Like starting to improvise off of that and of four, and of two rhythm. First of all, when you do that in in a real life context, like with a with a rhythm section, yeah, watch the drummer smile when you do that. The drummer is going to get really happy because you've just made their life a lot easier. You're propelling the music forward. Yeah, you're you're helping with the swing. You're helping with the groove. You're helping keeping the pulse moving forward. And then watch the singer you're playing with get really happy too because you're anticipating the changes for them where they can yeah. hear what's going to happen right before they have to sing. It's great. Yeah, yeah, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, actually, I just thought of another one because somebody put Kenny Garrett's name out there. That's definitely a record I was geeked out on recently. The um, song songbook, mm. um, and jumping back into that, and part of my geekery even went into like looking up a bunch of of uh, live videos from the period when they were touring that record. Back when they used to tour records, do you remember those days, Adam? Touring a record, the long, long ago. You remember something called tour support? That's now, if the before time, if you're under the age of what, probably 35, you don't know what this means. Tour support, or under the age of 30, that was a crazy thing when the record companies what the would what? pay us to go on to tour? go on tour. What kind of magical candy what land is that? Backwards ass <laughs> world where we living in. People were paying uh, us to go around and play music. It's what's up, wild. Joe? Joe's uh, Gregory Porter's latest All Rise Geeking Out. I haven't heard that. Have you heard that? I did. I actually listened to a couple cuts. I need to go deep on that. I yeah. love I love Porter. Me too, man. And his uh, his touring band, speaking of tour support. Yes. Uh, Emmanuel Harold, yep. J- Jamal Nichols, St. Louis Cats. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last record I think I heard of his, which is going back a little ways now, would be the Nat King Cole tribute, yeah. which was Ruben Rogers, Ulysses yeah, yeah, Owens yeah. in the rhythm section. Great um, uh, open studio artist there. Mm-hmm. 